Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Ombudson. And this week, we are talking about Season 5, Episode 8, Sean 2.0, 2.0. Last week, we had such an incredible time with Kurt Smith. We love him so much. And this week, we are tagging it up, talking about the episode itself. I don't know how we can top last week's episode. I was so giddy having Kurt Smith on, but here we we do give it our best shot. Enjoy. Well, Maggie, here's the most important part of this current story. What? You look amazing, regardless <laughs> of how you're feeling. I have like a little, I have a, a, a t- tiny sweat that's happening. I am a little bit, uh, <laughs> yeah. A nice, a nice glistening glow. Yeah, it's a nice glistening. It's a nice glistening glove. Um, yeah, so I feel like I said I feel lucky that it's very mild and I'm isolating. You know, I'm doing all the things, so I can't be in my office right now because it's being it's completely torn apart because I'm going to move soon. So that's why I'm sitting out here in this nice little location for for today's pod. And Tim, I have to say, you look great. Thanks, Maggie. How many minutes we in to our, our pre-show uh, chat? Minute and thirty seconds. Okay, I I accept whenever it came, as long as it, as long as it, as long as it got there. So thank you. Oh, did I wait too long? I waited a long time, didn't I? Well, we were talking about other things, so it was really we needed to look. You're a little delirious. You're feverish. We will. I'm feverish. I'll, I'll let this one slide. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I really am that I waited so long, but I also wanted to make sure we were recording so we didn't miss a thing. Oh, How got- happy are you, by the way, that I couldn't come to Fourth of July? I mean, I couldn't because you know, but still, can you imagine? I am so happy. Considering I'm getting on a plane tomorrow to go yeah. to San Francisco for a little uh, supernatural convention. Supernatural convention? Natural con. Love. We'll just say we have some fun things coming up. We do have fun things. You mean for 2024? For 2024. And I'm still hopeful we can fit something in 2023. But let's let's see. But for sure, we know of some things coming up in 2024. So we yeah. have multiple things, multiple fun Thanks. things coming up for 2024. Mm-hmm. Multiple. And we can't wait. Oh, y'all. Can't wait. I just saw that Sean 2.0 was directed by David Crabtree. And I, we got to get David Crabtree on here. We have to get our, our dear friend who started as an editor on our show and became a, a kick-ass director on our show. Yeah. We got to get Crabtree. We got to get, I want to get Julie Ashton on as well, our, our casting. I want to get... We got some, we need, we'll organize some fun guests coming up. Even if Crabtree doesn't do, and like if he's not available for one of the episodes he directed, he can still come on and speak to all of it because he's. Well, you could speak as an editor. You could talk about the famous uh, learning the um, the Tim Lip Curl cutaway. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The thing about the editors is they get, they see everything. It's like they see, you know, when, when they say rolling, but before they say action, we're still chatting. They're, we're still shooting the shit. We're still... And even when they say cut, there's even like an extra second or two where we're l- losing our minds because we're, we're laughing so hard or whatever. Anyway, I I would love all of the behind the scenes. I would love Crabtree's greatest hits of... I'm uh, today when, when we're done chatting about this episode. Yeah, let's do that. Let's get him on here. I'm sure he would love to come chat with us. And even though we're filming this the day before... 
the first Sean 2.0 comes out with our f- like favorite Kurt Smith, um, we can talk about it because this will be on next week. How, um, how how overwhelmingly wonderful it was to have him. But we didn't do our synopsis and we didn't do any of that because we wanted to just d- dedicate the entire episode to Kurt Smith as it should be. And would you say, Max, this is our Sean 2.0.1? Oh my gosh, this is Sean 2.0, 2.0, actually. It's part two. Very exciting occurrence. It's a very exciting occurrence. It's very kismic, um, very um, psychonic, shall we say? Psychonic, I love that word. That we are um, lining up our episode with the title of the episode? Yeah, Sean 2.0, 2.0. And Tim, I looked the other day, like, we have, we have the... Psychos are the best. We have... Duh. We have like almost 40,000 followers on Instagram. What? I think it's more... What? What? That was in the book. It's like I just went through puberty in front of y'all. What? Oh, Tim, I needed that. No, oh, I really needed that. <laughs> Always having to help. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God, that's so good. That was really funny. And that's not just the fever talking. <laughs> that was good. always funniest when you're going through a fever dream, I think. Oh, I love it. Oh my God. All right, let's dive into this bad boy, huh? Let's do it. I mean, look, so many things about this episode, which I think we talked about last week too. Um, Declan, the introduction of Declan. Oh, what a lovely human and a... Esther Kirkenall. Yeah, and a fun character, and what a good little thing to set up the Sean and Juliet, that whole thing at the end, too, about, you know, telling the truth, and, oh. Well, nothing's going to compel a relationship to happen more than a little jealousy in there. Yeah, that's right. Those writers are smart on this show. It's like they know what they're doing. Um, Okay. (laughs) Episode eight. This is also COVID 2.0 for me. Apartment move 2.0 for me. I don't know. That's actually really funny. I'll just say, we'll just say life, life, life changing or new chapters. It's your psyched grief separation to the title. I just don't want COVID to have to be my marker of like new chapters going forward. How about that not be the thing? Anyway. A little sage in there after your lungs have cleared. Oh, don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't you worry. Oh my God. It was so funny last night. So I'm, you know, trapped, trapped in here, which is a nice place to be trapped. But I, uh, I was out on my balcony. I had the best view of the fireworks in LA and, uh, except that some people started, I actually have a video of this. Some people started setting them off at the base of the building, like kind of out in the street. And one of them shot up and hit the side of the building, like I could hear the sound, and then it kind of—it's—it uh, was too much. It was too much. There's fireworks, and then there's too much. That was too much. I'm like, go up. They need to go off, the, off the buildings in your neighborhood. I'm sure. Yeah, not cool. Not cool. Um, but it was pretty. Okay, episode eight, John 2.0, written by Bill Callahan, who we love, and directed by David Crabtree, who. Tim is going to hound the second this is over to get him on the podcast ASAP. All right. Pineapple sighting. Didn't get it. Did you? 
That's a joke. Mm, nope. <laughs> okay. We should like cut that part out of our routine. We should actually, but I, it's so fun every time to ask if you got it. <laughs> Just to see my blank stare and yeah, the, uh, pregnant pause of yes. no. Yes, yeah. I feel yeah. ashamed, but no. Okay, so right. we we just went through your um, psychotic, no, your uh, psych degree of separation to this title. Yes, let's hear yours. I have a little psych degree of separation to Sean 2.0. Mm-hmm. So you know that thing that happened to my brain that was in all the papers? What? <laughs> God, never gets old. Never gets old. <laughs> <Our> listeners. <laughs> it just never gets old. It I makes my day. Know. What? I had a stroke six years ago. You did? Yeah, it's okay. Oh, I'm, I'm I think fine. I heard something about it. I would never know. I'm right as rain. Right as rain. That's right. You are right as rain. Okay, so tell me. So just after that thing that happened, I'll, I'll send you a newsletter about it. <laughs> I was going through, and we talked about this, I'm sure. I've gone through a bit of an existential crisis of yep. what am I if I'm, well, we just, we talked to the string of the magic of believing. What am I if I have always identified as an actor and I certainly can't be an actor anymore. So part of, around that time, I wrote a, an op-ed that was, an unpublished op-ed about um, <clears throat> coming out as a um, disabled actor because it's something that I had kept under wraps as much as I could. And so I wrote this piece for, um, I don't I think it was going to be LA Times. I can't remember actually who asked for it, but it doesn't matter because it, it got, it wasn't published, but it was Tim, it was called Tim 2.0. Wait, I think I read this. I'm sure. I, oh, I'm, there's no way I would have sent this thing to a, um, my papa's store to a uh, a newspaper without you reading it first. Wait, it w- it wasn't published. No, it never it never actually got published. We got to get this published. Okay, go on. Now <laughs> I'm on a mission. Okay, go on. But the whole um, impetus of that of that we've just that way of thinking and that little on that op-ed piece I wrote was, what is the new version of me? Mm-hmm. The Tim 2.0 was directly lifted from the title Sean 2.0. Wait, really? Yeah, really having nothing to... I'm not clever enough to come up with like a software. Um, oh, wow. I love that. I didn't know that. Wow, I'm like, oh, still. Okay. It was a piece of the moment because I hadn't let really anybody know publicly what the do was going on. Right. And then I started doing some some press with me like actually in the wheelchair and on the red carpet with a stick. I'm so, so glad. I remember this. I remember when it started to... When you started to like talk about it. Which in this... And it's all sort of... It's all ongoing with the... um. The thing I'm writing. That we are so excited about. The Tim show. The Tim One Man show. What is it going to be called? Should it be called Tim 2.0? Do you have a title? That'll be the subtitle for it, I think. Okay, 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 okay. Ooh-hah! That's very exciting. Po- very possible. I have a, a whole list of a possible um, of subtitles for it. I love it. Okay. Sean 2.0. But we will know it's Tim 2.0. Yeah. And all of you, And all of y'all will know when you see it. Um, I'm sitting near you. I can't wait. I can't or wait. Or a town or a village or a community center or a town, village, a burg. A burg. A, a ville. I do live in an apartment, but I also have a little garden. 
I really do. I've always wanted to have my own vegetable garden and now I can, I have a little one that I grow. And now with Lomi, it has changed the way I think about food waste. All right. Talk about garbage to gold. Lomi transforms my garbage into gold at the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns food scraps into dirt in under four hours. Now I love composting. Plus it's made cooking fun, even more fun. There's no food rotting in my garbage and smelling up the kitchen. Thanks to Lomi, I only have to take the trash out once a week and it's a hassle-free, mess-free experience. No more leaking bags, none of that. I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants, lawn, or garden. I'm telling you, this garden is doing very well and I believe it's because of Lomi. That means it's not going into any landfills, producing any methane gas. I get to help the environment and make my life easier. All my food scraps, plant clipping, and even those leftovers, I forgot to, uh, in the back of my fridge, they go, they go back, they go back into my garden, helping me grow more nutritious food right in my, right on my balcony, right here. I learned the food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint. By reducing the amount of food I send to landfill, I am helping to do my part for the planet. So it, it feels good too. So whether you want to start making a positive impact on the environment or you just want to grow a beautiful garden, Lomi is perfect for you. Who doesn't want those things? That's what I want to know. Head to Lomi.com slash pineapple and use promo code pineapple to get 50% off your Lomi. That's a huge discount. That's 50% off when you head to Lomi.com slash pineapple and use promo code pineapple at checkout. Thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this episode. Are you tired of having just one style of glasses? Sure, brownish, you know, glasses, they match everything. But what if you could have like rose gold, clear or black? That's where pair eyewear comes in. Pair Eyewear lets you mix and match your frames so you can easily swap them whenever the mood strikes you. Let's also talk about that satisfying snap, if you know you know, when you're putting the little frames on. Hundreds of budget-friendly frames and magnetic top frame styles to choose from, starting at just 60 bucks, including the prescription. With frames designed for men, women, and kids, the whole family can customize their own unique look. Match your outfit, support your home team, or rep your favorite superhero in a snap. See better for longer with Pair Eyewear's variety of lens options for every prescription. Higher prescriptions can still be super lightweight and thin with premium plus lenses. Light responsive lenses transition from indoor to outdoor seamlessly. Progressive lenses without the annoying bifocal line. Keep your eyes happy for a long day staring at your laptop with blue light filtering lenses. Beyond helping you craft a style that's yours, Pear wants to do some good. For every pair you buy, Pear provides glasses and vision care to a child in need. How special is that? I wear my pair glasses during almost every podcast recording. This is uh, this one and my other show, Me Time. It helps me see, obviously, but they're so cute. They're so cute. They're so comfortable. It's kind of crazy. They have this like little virtual sizing tool and it was perfect. I thought, how accurate could it be just online? And it was absolutely spot on. So it's all just done so easily. And then they arrive and you can get these little snap on different colors. And it's just so freaking cute. I love them. Anyway, express yourself wherever summer takes you with Pear Eyewear. Go to PearEyewear.com slash pineapple for 15% off your first pair. That's Pear, P-A-I-R, eyewear.com slash pineapple. I'm going in. We're going in. Ready? Tim, pineapple sighting. At the wedding reception, one of the lamps is a white wooden pineapple. Cool. Wait, I feel like I do remember this. 
Anyway, okay, cold open, flashback to 1990. Henry teaches Sean the lesson that he should always try to compete with the best in order to avoid complacency. Flash forward to present day after a night of drinking and listening to the book series uh, Internity on audio tape, Sean awakes to a call from the SBPD. But first, he and Gus stop by a coffee shop before heading to a crime scene. Sean thinks it's a typical day where he solves the movie trivia question yet again. However, he's beaten to the punch by a handsome and charming na- charming man, Nestor Carbonell, our Declan, who he only... Very handsome and charming in real life. Very handsome and charming in real life. Who only came into the, the shop to recycle his bottle. Sean wonders who he is as he leaves, but soon finds him across the street at the crime scene of Lucy Friedman. Declan Rand. Yes. So, fun secretary separation with Nestor. Not actually mine, but by proxy, Allison was um, in sort of a sort of a mommy me group, I guess you'd call it back in the day, with um, Nestor's wonderful wife Shannon, year, years before through preschool friends. But then years later, after Nestor came, handsome Mister Eyelashes came onto our show. He was uh, up in Vancouver um, one summer when I can't remember what season it was doing. Another show because he works all the time because he's okay. such a big shot, tremendous six star of an actor. And we had this, um, our families just hung out all summer together on, on Kids Point. Oh, I love that. That's so, so sweet. His, his boys were about the same age as my girls at the time. I love that. That's a sweet story. Okay. Declan Rand, it turns out, is a criminal profiler brought onto the case by Chief Vic. Or is he? But more importantly, apparently Lassie is going golfing in this episode by wrapping his, oh my God, by wrapping his bare arms, otherwise known as stick arms. Almondson. How this entire scene, I'm imagining I can get a line out because I'm just sucking in my gut the entire time. I'm holding my breath. You look great. You look great out there. Well, thank you. That's very kind and you're generous. I'm sure because I mean, for those of you who aren't quite familiar, I mean, like this, I'm in an oceanized blue. <laughs> polo top, which I wouldn't still to this day don't really wear a lot of polos, but oh, it looks great on I, you. But you know, I was in my I was in my trailer doing push-ups all the entire time before um oh, yeah. and probably in between takes. In fact, I guarantee you in between takes I was buying a tree doing push-ups. I think that's like I, I wanna say that's just an Almondson Almondson thing, but I it's not. I think almost every actor before every scene when they have to show their arms or more uh, is doing push-ups. Lots of dudes doing push-ups on sets. It's a thing. People. Or curls with sandbags that hold the um the lights. <laughs> exactly. Curls. <laughs> okay. Sean looks around the scene and sees an aerosol can. He then recalls that morning's obituaries of Veronica Miller and Peter Hodges and concludes similar cans were involved in their deaths. But before he can tell anyone about the link in the cases, Declan beats him to the punch. Once Sean finally gets the guts to ask Jules to be his date to a friend's wedding on Saturday, she calls him out on how he's asking her next to a dead body. Then Juliet breaks the news that she already made plans with Declan. Ugh. Sad. Yeah. So he was asking you out next to a body that was murdered. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. This this park scene, yeah. I remember very specifically. Um, I had Lucy with me because whenever we were shooting in a location that was like an open field, I would always bring Lucy down and throw the ball to her and let her run around. And because she was so good, she'd always she would never run away. She always come back and hang hang close with us. Ah, I love that park. That park was nice. 
I liked shooting there. It's over in, um, starts with a B. Burnaby. Burnaby, thank you. How can I forget that? Oh, and finally, the moment we've all waited for, Kurt Smith singing the theme song. Yay! Which we talked about last week. Back at the station, Juliet speaks with Sean about yesterday. She tells him she'll reschedule with Declan if he really needs a day, but Sean gets defensive and blows it. Then Declan delivers a profile of the killer to the police and makes everyone say hemlock because it's fun. It's, uh, I love this scene. Um, and I love that bit. He tells him the murders seem to be humane and are probably the work of a woman in her mid thirties. Sean then says he knows the murder. Oh, sorry. Sean, he says he knows the murder claiming it's Alicia Silverstone. And then stating the first movie she was in, only to be one-upped by Declan yet again, mentioning she was in The Wonder Years before that. A psychic connection, perhaps? How funny. That is. That's a really good psych degree of separation or a psychic connection, considering uh, Dulé Hill is now on The Wonder Years. And uh, Alicia Silverstone, that was her job before... What was the first movie? I forget. Okay. Sean pulls Henry aside to protest Declan's hiring, but Henry says competition will be good for Sean. Sean then tells Declan he doesn't believe he can get a psychological take on someone they don't know. Then Declan nails Sean's personality spot on. Together, the gang visits Woody, and he tells them all the victims suffered from different liver diseases. Then Sean, remembering something the doctors on, (laughs) that's right, Eternity, uh, remembering something they said, concludes the victims were murdered for their placement on a liver donor list. They get the list from the hospital, proving Sean's theory right. But the next person on the list who stands the most to gain is a woman in her mid-30s, just as Declan said. Declan I did well. say, the whole um, Henry's <laughs> lesson in the flashback of you got to play with better people better than yourself to get better, a second premonition to me getting on the show and working with you. Oh my goodness gracious. That's so nice. Absolutely true though. I think I feel that way about you too. Yeah. We meet each other better. Um, we got lucky. We got really lucky. Um, Stupid lucky. Let's see. Woman in her mid thirties. Just as Declan said, Declan is also right and gets all the praise. Oh, I see. Lassie even calls him by his first name. Whoa. This is a great funny bit. So funny good. Bit. So good. His first names. Um, back in the psych office, Sean calls, Sean calls a few of his old flings in an attempt to get a date to the wedding on Saturday, ending with a crazy ex played by Sarah Edmondson, who, uh, was one of our friends during, uh, during psych. She actually, I think she would like, I I think she came on as a while, I don't know, for a while as, um, like she would read lines with us and she'd hang with us, but Sarah's an actress in Vancouver Okay, the gang happened to track down um, suspect Catherine Bix and found, uh, find out that she's been out of town. The next two, hold on, the next two down on the list of suspects are also a bust. But a witness to the first crime scene completes a sketch of the person who left the aerosol can, and apparently it is Catherine. Sean isn't convinced, and after he hears Declan quote, internity, he realizes he's a fraud and now suspects him of the murders. Sean and Gus confront Declan at his mansion where Kurt Smith is playing by the pool. Discovering Declan is a multimillionaire who decided to become a criminal profiler for fun, but he didn't kill anyone. So they believe him. Sean saying Declan should tell Juliet the truth, but Declan counters by revealing he's figured out Sean isn't a psychic as well. This is, is this the first person 
to, I mean, I think a lot of people have been like, who's this guy? What's he about? But I feel like Declan might be the first person to be like, you're not who you say you are. Like, and, and it, anyway. Okay. I think maybe by revealing he's figured out. I'm ashamed of myself for not finding that show first. I don't know if that's true though. I think we'd have to go back and see, but it would be like inside information that Declan would have. And it'd be interesting. Anyway. Okay. So the police now mention that Catherine is on the lam, but they discover her dead in a parking lot. Oh, sorry. In a parking garage with Declan over her body. They arrest Declan, but Sean knows he's innocent. The team then figure out the truth and go to an apartment above the garage where he is not shocked to find Catherine's twin sister, Maddie, who needs a new liver. However, she wasn't eligible for a transplant because she's an alcoholic. So the sister's plan was for Maddie to use Catherine's ID and be put on the list that way. Unfortunately, Maddie started growing impatient and decided to kill the three people above her during Catherine's trip to Switzerland. This is we did jump through the scene nuts. where Lassery pulls his gun on the very scared, sick, <laughs> thinking sick woman. Yes. That's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, but not for Lassery. No, I know not for him, but I thought she was so good in that. Like she's so terrified, which we would be, of course, but even for psych, it was like, she's, she was, she did, she did a very good job. Um, so when Catherine found out about this and threatened to go to the police, Maddie went into a rage and accidentally killed her sister by pushing her into a wall. Declan then confesses to Juliet that he is a phony. Sean, expecting that Juliet will push Declan away, disgusted, but instead she admires his honesty and it continues to date him. Barf. Oh my God, Devin, you are so funny. I just put the connection together of, so that actress playing her sister. Yes. Is very, um, very much right in, in the wheelhouse of the soap opera that he's, that eternity that he's listening to, except Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that one I believe is Dr. Vampires or Vampire Doctors. Yeah. Vampire Doctors. But it's very much a, 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 Days of Our Lives or Jump yes. Water, as the stomach turns. <laughs> Soapy. Yes, exactly. Of a, a woman playing herself. Yeah. Um, which is a very, I, I love that bit. I think it's a funny bit. Then at the wedding, we watch a drunken Kurt Smith sing acoustically on his guitar. And Sean and Gus talk about Gus's quick breakup. And then Sean's crazy ex comes in and ruins the moment by uh, a, <laughs> a garlic knot smelling makeout session. I thought Sarah was so funny as this, as this, as this crazy person. I do have to go back though. The scene with Kurt Smith at the, um, at the pool with Declan when he's first playing and James is, oh, what's so it about like Kurt Smith? Just that whole, the whole reveal of Kurt is just some of my favorite bits on the show. I love that. We just and like, we don't yelling, even give it that much attention. Yeah. Declan yelling songs out to Kurt. was just, yeah. And Kurt's beautiful um, British dry humor in this is so spot on funny. So he's so funny. Like he is so funny. Um, Genuinely funny. Uh, It's as you said, it was like, I think we've learned this too with some people like having Carl Weathers and Kurt Smith now um, kind of dedicating. I love this getting, getting these like legends and having them, you know, we just get to dedicate an episode to them. Okay. Here's a fun fact that I um I did not put in um next week's episode with with uh Kurt. So my um my psychic just one of my many um six degrees of separation to Kurt and how much I love Tears for Fears and Kurt Smith. So the opening guitar riff to Everybody Wants to Rule the World was my morning alarm 
through all of season two of Gallivant. What? Are you serious? Because how can you, I mean, you just, you wake up to, I mean, A, you wake up. Yeah, the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That iconic opening guitar riff. It was very fun. Um, uh, Rodriguez and uh, some some friends went to, we went to uh, The Well the other night, which is a a little dive in uh, in Hollywood. And they have a, they have like a, jukeboxy kind of thing or like and i mean it's like whatever the modern version of that is um and every single song like rode rodriguez just takes over and every single i want to say like 70 percent of the songs are tears for fears it's so good it's so good wait does james own this bar i mean basically it's just it, it was i was actually really blown away i think he'd be okay with me telling this story because i was just like oh we got it we got in there i was like we gotta switch this music this guy, we need it. We need an upgrade in the music and nothing against anybody else's music. But, and then Rodriguez, <laughs> he's like, don't worry, I got it. And he's just on his phone. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I have the app. I'm like, you have an app for the jukebox at the well? <laughs> he does. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was very impressed. I loved it. It was great. Um, anyway, so yeah, and I think the first song that came on was the the in was was everybody wants to roll it. Now you can't, I can't. I'm sorry. The second it starts, that and head over heels. The beginning of those two songs are like everything stops. I feel like everything stopped. What? I just remembered another connection to that to um. What? And this one is actually it's like so as I was doing press for this this is Gus. I did. Uh, I was interviewed by. Dennis Miller, who's taken over for um, Larry King. Oh, right. I remember when you did that. And um, Dennis's old show, the Dennis Miller show on HBO. What was the opening theme song? It's the it's the beginning of Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Is it really? It really is. Oh, I didn't know that. Taking it all back around to Psych and Kurt Smith. Boom. I love that. Favorite. I love uh, that. Tears of Fear song. Good taste. Gosh, we loved we love Kurt Smith. We love Tears for Fears. Okay. We got to do it at 2.0 to the 2.0 because I I that's a, a uh, an important little tip. We might, Tim, we might be doing a 2.0 times three, a 2.0.2. A 2.0 <laughs> <laughs> cubed. Did you know women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? 1993, women were excluded. Think about that. Women belong in scientific research. Like this feels, it's crazy to even say that. They're essential. <laughs> Ritual knows they conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy. The results it increased vitamin D levels by 43%. And I don't know if you know this, like most of us are deficient in vitamin D. And omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. This multivitamin is made with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. With nine key nutrients and two capsules per day, their unique beadlet and oil capsule technology is even patented. Their capsule has a delayed release design to help make it gentle, even on an empty stomach. Just, I have, that's good for me. Essential for Women 18 Plus is one of the few women's multis that's USP verified, meaning what's on the label is what's in the formula. It's also soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without GMOs. A minty essence in every bottle to help keep things fresh and helps make 
taking your multis every day actually enjoyable. The minty thing is so nice, you all. I love Ritual. I feel better on Ritual. I love the studies that have been done to prove Ritual. I love that I can read the ingredients. I really love everything about it, and I've now made it a Ritual to take my Ritual. Ritual is all about hot data and stone-cold facts. Get to know your nutrients on a deeper level with 20% off during your first month. Visit ritual.com slash pineapple to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pineapple for 20% off during your first month. All right, we still have fan questions, Tim. Let's go. Bring them in. Even though I'm now I'm now in fever sweats. You doing the podcast in fever sweats is like me texting on Ambien. Oh my God, I need Ambien text from you. I need this. I think we I'm have, I think you have texted me on Ambien before and I'm like, I'm oh. Sure. I'm what? sure. There's no way okay. I haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fan questions. Did not and said the liar catch on with the cast and crew after this episode? No, I mean, it caught on in the show, though. Didn't we say it a few more times on Psych? I believe we did. We must have. Yeah. It didn't um, catch on with us, though. I'm surprised it didn't catch on. I'm actually surprised. I'm actually surprised that it didn't become one of the catchphrase ones. Like, I've heard it both ways or whatever. Not said the liar. Did it, though? I think it did. I think it's just not as popular. Yeah, in the show, it did, definitely. In the show, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, how do you think Juliet would have reacted at this point if Sean confessed his feelings first? I mean, I don't know. People are tricky. And I feel like my fever is answering this question. But (laughs) what I will say is I think that the way that this plays in that, I think secretly deep down... Like, Juliet is, like, also kind of, uh, I don't think she and Sean are that far apart in their feelings for each other. But I I also think, I think there's a lot going on, though. They work together. It's like a whole, you know, and he's, uh, you know, a a man boy. I don't know what he is. Um, But, you know, he's like, so I think there's a little bit of, of, of playing into that, maybe not even consciously. I'm really getting into this now. Um, with Declan, that's like making Sean a jealous kind of getting him. Not that she's doing it on purpose. Not that it, but, but like this, but the like the byproduct of that will be making Sean a little crazy. Don't take and, this wrong. She's a woman, so if she has is this, and I could see her being frustrated with yeah. Sean if if Juliet is on the fence and could be easily tipped over. To one side of the fence, to the Sean side of the fence. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I also think she's t- she said in in the first of the Yangs, like you know how she was feeling, and she wanted to have you know dinner with her, you know whatever. And so I think there's a there's a lot that has become very close talking, blah blah blah, all those things. Um, but as we know, shortly, um, things get real. Things get real, 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 real. Uh, in in Declan's house, yeah, with that giant Declan portrait behind them, one of my favorite shots on the show ever. Also known as John Stamos. Also known as John Stamos. <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, that's what I think. I think that it's a little bit like Sean's just dragging his feet and taking too long, and she's like, "All right, then I'm going to go do my thing." 
And also maybe deep down secretly hoping that it like sparks a little bit more of a fire with Sean. Anyway, that's what I think. Wow. Okay. Um, What was your favorite Sean versus Declan exchange or one-up? The Alicia Silverstone bet. (laughs) That's the first one. Yeah. And he starts, you can see like the sweat on the forehead starts to come out on him. You don't actually see it metaphorically. Yeah. And realizes he is starting to get bested by this devilishly handsome man. Yeah. I like it too. I'll go with that one too, because I feel like that's the first one. And it's so effortless. Like Declan is just so just like, no, actually it was this, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was nice. It was smooth. Okay. Was James even acting in his scene with Kurt Smith? That's a hard no. All caps, hard no. Hard no. <laughs> mm. He repeatedly just keeps saying how much he loves him. He just heard just it. Like, but you heard, because Cycles will have heard the story now when, when Kurt, his episode is out tomorrow. His episode is out before this one. So they'll know the story of, of James borderline harassing him at his concert to get him to do the show. But it worked. You know the other person that, this is some psych fun trivia and a little tidbit for everybody. And I'm I will tell you forward. that, huh? Everyone's leaning forward. Everyone's leaning forward. Pull over. Um, we were all in Whistler. I forget which episode that was that we were shooting up there. I know there was an, a vodka room. There was an ice room we all went to. And we saw Sarah McLaughlin. And if any, you know, if you all know James Rodriguez, he he loves he loves Sarah McLaughlin. And we he did the same thing to her. We were like in the village in Whistler and he like ran up to her and was basically like, he, he took, he ran ahead of everybody. We were all standing back, but he was like, went up to like, you know, t- tell her how much he loves her and wanted her to be on, come be on the show. And we were all just standing back there like, hi, Sarah. Yeah, we're all on the show. And it like, they, she was going to do it and she never does that. He's very convincing. Rodriguez. He's very convincing. He almost got Sarah McLaughlin, who never does appearances like that, to do psych. And ulti- the only reason it didn't work out was because of uh, a scheduling. That was it. So, do you have to say you and I were also in the uh, in the room with Kurt when he was um, pressing the facts? So I think I'm going to take a little credit that just our presence and him seeing us with Rodriguez tipped tipped. G- tipped a uh, Kurt over the fence. This is what I'll say. I think you're right. I think that he was probably like, this guy is crazy. This guy's nuts, James. But then I think you and I being there made it like, but they're okay. So if they're okay, that must mean he's kind of okay, even if he's a little crazy. So I think you're right. I think we're the secret weapon. I think we're the secret weapon that gets he's the job done. Effort. Never. I will never take that away from uh, from James, but I I will say uh, maybe maybe we helped Tim. I think we did I, help. I think I, I'm thinking that the story in Kurt's head was a little. The soundtrack in his head a little bit was this guy's crazy, but that guy's got an awesome beard and she's really pretty. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. That's nice. That's nice. I do get I'm, very giddy around Kurt Smith. It's funny. You saw me last week. I was like, "Hi, Kurt." <laughs> no, how do we not pull it together, Maggie? We were at his 50, we got invited to his 50th birthday party. I was like, I'm still just like, holy shit. Oh, here's a fun fact that I yeah. did not bring up last week. Well, tomorrow. Yeah. Because his episode comes out tomorrow, right? Yeah. This is such a, a time warp mind meld. I know it is. So obviously, Mag, you know my favorite musician is... Frank Turner. 
boom, I didn't even have to cue it up. Yeah. So, um, Frank's, um, guitar tech is a friend of mine named Cajero Doherty. Same birthday as Kurt Smith. Oh, really? So, uh, on, on, um, who they both had a birthday, I think two weeks ago. So I texted Cajero and, um, said, Hey, guess what? Here's a fun fact. You share a birthday with a great Kurt Smith. And I sent him the clip of, um, from American Duo is a of shout. And Kahara was going by how much he loves Kurt Smith. And um Oh, I love that. Just how excited he was that they shared a birthday. That's so cute. Magical people are born on that day, apparently. Yeah, so that's it. My so my favorite musicians, guitar tech, who's don't tell all the rest of the crew, one of my favorite crew members on Frank's crew, Frank's crew family, shares a birthday with our buddy Kurt. Oh my god, I love it. I love it. So that just made me just go, oh, right there. Hi, Mabel. Oh, hi, Mabel. All right. Well, that was Sean 2.0, 2.0. And stay tuned for maybe possibly more Sean 2.0.2 times threes. Quadded. Quadded. Cubed and quadded. Uh, we'll see. And hopefully one of these days I'm going to do a podcast and I won't sound like this. But anyway. it's It sounds nice. Psychos, we love you. Thank you for listening and hanging in and hearing all of our stories. And um, we just really love you. Tim. Maggie. I forgot to ask you a question at the beginning. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. I really blame COVID. Or delirious. Tim, so. I'll just ask in the past tense. Did we just, did you just podcast the shit out of it with me? Maggie, in spite of you having COVID, again, we <laughs> podcast the shit out of that episode. We did. Again, we we 2.0'd the shit out of that episode. We 2.0'd the shit out of, of Sean 2.0 during Maggie's COVID 2.0. But um, I have a fun... I need to stop talking about COVID. What? Something, I have something I want to add about the glory that is psych. Always. It's like our favorite thing. So um, last night we had a little thing at the house, as you know, because you couldn't come to it because that's thing. But um, name drop, an old friend of mine came, a tremendous doctor named Lenny James, who if anybody's a fan of Walking Dead, he was Morgan. Oh, yeah. James. In, in uh, I think he, I'm pretty sure he also played Morgan in Fear, The Walking Dead. But anyway, Lenny and I did Jericho together and um, Human Target. So we sat, we were sitting down, have a drink, and I have not seen him since that thing that happened to me. It was in all the papers. So I love Maggie. You just leaned forward with a little crick to your head going, huh? <laughs> like a dog that just heard a weird sound. What thing? But the fun thing is, so he, so he said, so what's going on? So he goes, so you got this podcast you do with Maggie. And I was like, how the hell did you know this? So our friend Karen David told him. And he said, well, I, I got to listen to the podcast. And I said, well, honestly, man, um, yes, you do, but... It might be more entertaining if you if you're a fan of the show, and this were this is what blew me away. The great Lenny James goes, "Do you seriously think I haven't seen every episode of the show?" Oh my god, really? Because I, like, oh, I I never assume anybody's seen the show. Certainly, my friends, and a tremendous actor like like Lenny, who's always in the UK doing theater or, or movies or producing producing and writing his own TV shows. I assume that as well too. I never I never think anyone has seen it, and then they're like, "Oh, I've seen it." you know, three times and now my kids have seen it and their friends have seen it. And I'm always like, Oh my God. So he said, so he's like, my twins were obsessed with the show and we watched with the family. 
as a family. So Lenny has seen every episode. <gasps> I just this morning sent him a text. I sent him the link to our pod with uh, what I think we've agreed is our favorite episode with with uh, a Yang or Yang with Ali. Yes, although I would say, um, I mean, we're all uh, we have we have lots of favorites, but yeah, I'd say Ali and and I'm going to put Kurt Smith up, Smith up there too. But that is so I'm I love I love first off I I love him I love Lenny James. But here's the th- here's the reason I bring this up not just to pat ourselves on the back. He said this is what he's like I love like so much because here's something I've learned about because he's also like I said he's a producer and a writer. So the thing about Psych that I've taken with me to other projects is the success of a TV show is um, based on you creating something where as an audience you, you go. I want to hang out with those people. It's like, I want to be in that world with those people. Cause that looks like they're having so much fun. And he's like, and he goes, and I, as, an, as a viewing member want to be a part of that family. And I thought he just so hit the nail on the head of what our show is, I think, and why he did. That's our, what psychos are so much of a part. So that's a hundred percent. They're our extended family. And I feel like that's also, that was, I think kind of the intention that James and Dulace, uh, you know, set right away as well. They were both and like, Key to a to him, that's the key to a long running show. I love it. Your characters that you that the audience wants to hang out with. Yeah. Um, and that's us. That's so nice. And the psychos. That's what you have on your back wall. Oh yeah. Next, let's next see how dirty. Uh, let's see if I can do this without revealing anything else because I am in the process of moving. Oh, I can reveal it. Look at that. Hey, and look at the lines right there. I guess I, only the Patreon people would would be able to see that. But yeah. Was my rap gift to you? Who else has one? I think do Aunt does Aunt no Todd has one, I believe. Uh Todd Harthan. Well that was a, it's hard to tell, but it's actually oh, oh my god, there we go. It's the stage, and then it says a three up there. We were on stage three. Um, my very last day of shooting psych, and that was in the um that was the stage threes where the police department was. And I walked outside and it was one of those Vancouver days where the sky is just the deepest blue you've ever seen. A police department, also known as the um, SBPD. SBPD, yeah. And this was and this was my rap gift you gave me, and, and yeah. I believe. Oh my god! Can I tell you something crazy? Sure. Before you collapse. I'm gonna collapse. Maybe I'll tell you next week. I was getting all my stuff. I'm cleaning and getting stuff to move, and I found the little Tiffany's keychain you gave me. Oh, you did. But it has my initials. It says MCL, and then on the back it says the number eight. Got an eight, symbolizing eight, eight, eight seasons. Eight seasons. Which was my crew gift to all our, uh, all Such our cast gift. and um, Such a good gift. And some of our core crew. Love it. Really we did it. I cannot believe you, you being so sick, still played hurt and podcast the shit out of this. I'm actually doing okay, but thank you. I this was this was a lot, but I, I'm I'm actually really happy. This is very mild, but it is uh, it it like catches up when you do something for an hour that requires energy. Well, as long as I'm laying on the couch, I'm like I'm great, <laughs> and then I move. Thank you, psychos. What a silly episode. Other than the fact that Jules is dating someone just like Sean, it's so silly that we had Kurt Smith of all people on it. It's just so silly. And the story behind booking him on the episode, all that, it's great. It's just good, y'all. As always, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologists Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. Plus, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash psychologists are in for full video episodes of the pod and ad-free eps. Thank you, psychos. We love you. Thank you. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.